0: Comics, movies, music, video games,
1: technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network.
2: The world we know is gone. No Netflix,
1: no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts.
2: podcast episode 81 this is your host brad milo with me are my co-hosts uh, jim deets russell latham and jordan from jersey dr esquire himself how you guys doing tonight pretty good just one of you
3: i feel exhausted i'm sorry i was late to
0: the party are you dead on your feet
2: I'm like a Walking Dead type person. Walking
0: Dead joke, yes. We're
2: getting started a little late tonight because Jim was on kid duty. How's the baby? She's fine. I read her books, and now after reading
0: about the mouse cookie, she has gone to bed.
2: The mouse cookie. If you get a mouse mouse cookie, cookie. he's going to want some milk.
0: No, this is different. This is a mouse who bakes cookies and then falls asleep.
3: That's preposterous.
2: Uh, Johnny M. is unavailable this evening, so we're forging ahead without him. It's not like he runs the show anyway. We like okay. to let him think he does. I know it. So, uh, we have uh, some interesting things to talk about tonight. Uh, we were going to start with a, a voicemail first. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah. I have it queued up right here.
4: Hi, this is Heather from Virginia. Um, I've been listening to your um, Walking Dead podcast. It's the Beginning of the second season, love you guys, think you do a great job, so thank you, keep it up. Um, Also had the opportunity to listen to um, Legion of Dudes for the first time a couple of weeks ago, which I also enjoyed um, and is what I wanted to discuss with you, actually, um, as it relates to The Walking Dead. Um, I have two little kids and I go to school, so I don't have a whole lot of time to watch TV, so really The Walking Dead is the only thing I consistently watch. Um... And I haven't watched a lot of TV shows consistently in the past either, so I don't have a great basis for comparison, but I think it's a really, really good show, and I mean, I rate it up there with Seinfeld in my book. Um, And what I wanted to say is that I was surprised um, on your Legion of Dude podcast to hear you, um, I don't know, that your opinion is kind of that The Walking Dead is is a mediocre show compared to um, some of the other shows that you watch, like Breaking Bad. And this surprised me, you know, because like I said, I think The Walking Dead is is the best show I've ever seen. Um, don't have a lot to compare it to, though. Um, and also because of your enthusiasm for the show on, on your Walking Dead podcast. I guess I just assumed it was your favorite show. Um, so I wanted you to maybe discuss it a little bit and, um, you know, say what you think um, The Walking Dead needs to do to be, you know, up there on a level with Breaking Bad and some of those other shows, or if that's even possible. And why isn't it? You know, is it the acting? Is it the writing? Um, Is it just that you can only do so much with the zombie genre? Um, You know, I'd just like to hear you go into that a little bit. But um, really enjoy The Walking Dead um, TV show. Really enjoy your podcast. Um, Like the Legion of Dudes podcast, too, and we'll listen to that um, more if I get the chance. Uh, So keep up the good work. Take care. Bye.
2: Can I throw my my ideas in real quick and then I'm going to let you guys run with it because I don't watch Breaking Bad or uh, Mad Men and I know you guys love those and have compared Walking Dead to them in the past I think at the risk of sounding pretentious I guess that's the right word I'm not good with words but we all watch a whole heck of a lot of TV and by your own admission you haven't seen that much TV and when you watch when you do enough of one thing you start to notice Differences that other people may not notice. Um, You start to pick up on little things. The writing. The acting. Story construction. Um, unnecessary dialogue. Necessary dialogue that's not there. Just little things. You start to get a feel for what makes a quote-unquote good show. I enjoy the heck out of some really crappy shows. And I'm sure we all do. But there are some shows that just... It, they have something about them or a combination of several things that just makes it a better show. And I realize we're speaking in subjectivity here. Uh, everybody has their own favorite whatever. But, you know, if you if you drove cars for a living, well, that would be awesome. But uh, you would start to notice the little differences here and there between the cars. And you would know what was the quote-unquote better car or whatever. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with your own admission of not having really digested as much television as the rest of us. Which
3: probably makes you a healthier person, so congratulations.
2: Well, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not criticizing, I'm not putting down, making fun of. You know, I myself have cut back on the amount of television that I have watched in recent years for different reasons. Maybe because I don't have enough time, my crazy work schedule, or maybe I'm just getting old and crotchety and the TV bothers me sometimes. But I mean, am I I way off or is there any kind of truth to what I said at all?
0: I think you make a valid point. I mean, we... Definitely watch a lot more TV than Heather does. Uh, I, I do a podcast uh, that's nothing but about TV, so I'm always watching new shows for that. So I mean, we do watch a lot more TV than Heather does, and Walking Dead is one of my favorite shows. Don't get me wrong, but when you really have to quantify things, like I think she's referring to our duties uh, episode when she says, you know, we talk about other shows being better or worse than Walking Dead, and you know, we put you know Sherlock and Breaking Bad on a, a slightly higher pedestal than we do Walking Dead. Walking Dead is still one of my favorite shows on TV. I'm psyched every time there's a new episode. I, I watch it in reruns. I watch it at least a couple times before every podcast, and I, I love the property. And I have since I, I was got into the comic you know, fairly early on. So I, I mean, I, Brad makes a really good point because we watch so much TV, we might catch a few things that you know are better than Walking Dead and kind of raise our standards a little bit. And maybe by comparison, you know, it doesn't shine as big a light on Walking Dead, but it's still one of my favorite shows. I'm very enthused about it and really enjoy it. So.
3: Absolutely, I'm kind of in the same boat and, and I really appreciate her question because it's something I hadn't really thought about which is, what is the one or what are the one or two things that separate The Walking Dead from the the, the few shows I would put in the great category and, I mean, I, I think I said it on Legion of Dudes as well but I, I like Walking Dead a lot, I think it's a good show I just don't think it quite reaches the level of great and the, the few shows that do are the, sho- the shows that keep me guessing and I don't know what's gonna happen next and they tend to be really tense shows where anything can happen and anything often does happen that you weren't expecting but it all makes sense and a lot of that is the writing and the acting um, the overall story and I don't think it's you know a failing of The Walking Dead that it doesn't reach those great heights only a few shows do um, it's still a show I really enjoy I'm just not always on the edge of my seat. Um, you know, literally or just metaphorically like I am with some of those other shows. I am sometimes with Walking Dead. There have certainly been moments where I've been literally on the edge of my seat and super excited and, you know, loved an episode start to finish, but it's just not always, you know, it, for for what uh, under my subjective ruling would be perfect like some of those other shows are. I still really like it, and I think the reason that we podcast on it is A, we got in at the beginning. Breaking Bad, I didn't start watching till uh I think Season 2 was already done, Mad Men, it was Season 2 or Season 3 was already done, so um, it's right there at the beginning. B, it's popular, it's a really, you know, fun show to do, we get a lot of listeners, we get a lot of feedback, we get to interact with our fans, more so than on a show maybe like Breaking Bad, which has fewer viewers, so it's, uh, it's more fun and exciting for us to podcast about it. Um, but also, it just kind of fits with our general podcast network motif of, you know, it's, it's a comic book turned into a TV show. And I can't think of any other show on television that's more in our wheelhouse than
1: that. Yeah, and just to, to peel the curtain back a little bit on that process, and I know we talked about it on the show, but the, the way we got the initial round of uh, nominees was each of us, and we do this every year, each of us ranks um, from one to five in each category what our favorite things are. Um, so it's very possible that, um, at least with The Walking Dead, it made a lot of people uh, amongst the group of us. There were quite a few of us that had it in the top five. Um, but when you compare it to how many number one votes things like Game of Thrones got or Fringe got or some of the other shows got, it you know there's only five slots that we have for the voting, so something gets pushed down. So, you know, th- there's every possibility that, you know, three of us could have put it in in the top five and it not make it make the final cut Um I, I, and I'm pretty much in the same boat that you know it, what Brad Jordan and Jim had said is that uh, I think it's a very good show I mean I've I've gotten to the point with TV watching especially live current season TV watching I don't watch that many shows so for it to kind of make that list of me not wanting to wait until the season's over and to stack them up on Netflix or Amazon or, or some other, you know, method that it's something I watch weekly, uh, you know, speaks volumes for, for the quality of what they're doing and how I feel about the show. But, you know, when you just stack it up against things like, you know, again, beating dead horse, but game of Thrones, which I think personally is the best show on television. I know Brad will vehemently disagree, but uh, as far as production values, acting, storytelling, uh, you know, special effects, all those kind of things. It's just, to me, it's just a very fantastic show. Um, Fringe, I think, has a, a special place in our heart because we've, most of us have been, you know, that, that ranked that high have been on it from the beginning. Um, but knew that it kind of had this finite end. And we've, on, on our respective shows, um, Legion of Dues, Half Hour Wasted, we've spent a lot of time talking about Fringe. Um, we didn't dedicate a podcast towards it, but, uh, you know, but, but we certainly do talk about it, and the same thing with Breaking Bad and Mad Men. I mean, as you've seen on this very feed, I don't know, uh, Heather, if you've been listening since the beginning, but Jordan and I did uh, last year. Uh, we called it Breaking Mad, where we talked about Breaking Bad and Mad Men on the feed, just to give somebody, give the listeners a flavor of the other AMC shows, and and we'll we'll follow that up in the future uh, with with another one. I think I think we're gonna save that actually until uh, the the inner season hiatus right before Mad Men starts, and a couple months before Breaking Bad kicks off.
3: And we're going to talk uh, more about what we'd like to see in Walking Dead in the second half of the season later on in this episode. Uh, But before we get to that and a few other things, uh, Russ, why don't you tell us about our
1: sponsor? I sure will. Our sponsor is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com, where you can save a ton of money off your comics, trades, graphic novels, toys, statues, T-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, the, the January orders are coming uh, in as you, if you, this'll be up, uh, at the very, very tail end of January, very early February. Uh, if you do have a late order into February, just shoot them an email and let them know that, Hey, you place the order a little late. They'll be more than happy to take care of it. Uh, I've, I've done that in the past. I'm, I'm usually guilty of the last minute order. Um, for sure. You can, uh, go to their website if you're into digital comics i know we talked about this before but you can earn 5% back of your comicsology purchase through the dcbservice.com website uh, as as 5% back towards your actual physical comic purchases so or whatever through dcbs like i said if you're you know walking dead fans and you're not really into the comics per se but you know there's a cool t-shirt or a coffee mug or something like that that they have uh it's definitely definitely worth picking up um, but some of the comic stuff uh, Walking Dead related uh, to highlight this month are um, th- the free comic book day special. And like we talked about last time, uh, DCB Service allows you to pick out five free, uh, free comic book day uh, books. And this year The Walking Dead does have a special book on there, so you can pick that. Uh, also, they're doing a Walking Dead The Governor special, uh, which I think reprints the first appearance of the governor and some other stuff in there. Um, it's, it's on sale for 50% off of two ninety nine, so you can get that for one forty nine. really good deal. They're, uh, soliciting again a second printing of the Michonne special that came out a couple months back, which reprints the first appearance of Michonne from the Walking Dead comic, and the, the Playboy magazine strip that they did, uh, in there, so you can get them both in that. I, I got that actually when they solicited it. the first time, it's a pretty cool little issue, um, Walking Dead the monthly side a number issue number 108 is out 40% off you can get it for $1. 79 um and there's just a lot of cool stuff like i said a lot of cool there are always t-shirts coffee mugs uh, action figures uh, you know all kinds of you know crazy little tchotchkes that you can get so if you go to their website dcbservice.com uh, they have the the previous catalog in text form and the excel order sheet if you want to just kind of peruse through there and submit your order but we thank them for their sponsorship of the walking dead TV podcast.
3: Right on. So our big news story this week is we now know who is going to be taking over after Glenn Mazzara steps down as showrunner. Mazzara is going to be staying on through the end of the season, but uh, after that, it'll be Mr. Scott Gimple who will be taking over when Darabont left. Gimple was nominated, was named, uh, Mazzara's number two by Mazzara, and he wrote a couple episodes in season two. He wrote uh, two episodes this season, one we've already seen, and one we have not seen. It'll be the second-to-last episode of the season, and uh, so he will be taking over. And we had a little bit more information come out as to uh, possibly why Mazara stepped down. We knew there was creative differences between he and AMC, but uh, according to The Hollywood Reporter... Uh, They say, sources told uh, THR that Mazera's shortcomings in in running the series became abundantly clear, especially for the second half of the season, with production shut down several times because of a lack of material. Um, So, I mean, we've we've talked about it quite a bit with how fast they were moving through the season. Apparently, that was also a problem on set, or at least uh, according to uh, unnamed sources, so... That, that seems to be the reason why he stepped down. and we'll have Mr. Kimple taking over. And he's at least been with the show now for two full seasons, so he hopefully should have a good idea of how things are run uh, to keep the, keep the train on the tracks, as they say.
2: How can you run out of material for this show?
3: Well, I mean, I think they're just moving through stuff so fast, you know, writing new scripts. They're throwing so much material in every episode. You know, maybe they weren't planning to go as far as they did.
2: Well, I mean... He wasn't writing every episode himself, right? I mean, don't they have a team of writers?
3: Right, but it's his job to coordinate that and yeah. put, you know, you know these people on this project, these people on the other project.
0: Plus, the showrunner kind of sets the tone uh, for the not only for the scripts but also for the directors to do each individual episode. So, I mean, I'm, there, are, there are always a lot of rewrites to do, reblocking of scenes. Of things like that, so I mean, any of those things could have uh, easily installed you know, production. I'm just glad we have somebody uh, you know who's been with the show for a little while, kind of has an idea of what makes you know what uh, makes a successful episode of Walking Dead, rather than than bringing someone in from the outside, you know, cold who, who
2: doesn't know the show at all. So, what has this guy done outside of Walking Dead?
3: Uh, he's also worked on the TV show Chase, which I have not seen. Uh, Flash Forward, which I watched all of that the the series. And a show called Life as well.
1: Chase was was pretty good. That was the one I think with Nathan Fillion about the the car oh, race. They, it was kind I of remember like a, that now. Yeah, it was really good, and it was again one of those Fox shows that they they put the axe to. I think after like three episodes or something like that. Um, but I really I really enjoyed it, and uh, again, it just poor Nathan Fillion. He just doesn't get his chance on Fox, but uh, I think. And he, uh, with,
0: Life was the show about the guy who was a cop who had been wrongfully imprisoned. Uh, and sentenced to life in prison and then released after 10 years. Or something. Yeah, Damien Lewis. Uh, right, who's on uh, Homeland now.
1: Yeah, both those guys, I think, are doing pretty well. They got uh, very popular current gigs with uh, Philly and doing uh, Castle and, and Damian Lewis doing uh, Homeland. So, uh, you know, maybe it, in the end it worked out better for both of them.
3: He also apparently did some writing on the cartoon Pepper Ann, which I remember quite fondly.
1: Oh yeah, Pepper Ann,
3: Pepper Ann, must for seventh grade? Pepper Ann, she's a one in a million. I think that's that one. Anyway, it was a fun show, as I remember it from when I was about nine.
1: It's funny. I I know we kind of hinted at it a little bit, but you, we kind of speculated last time as to why Mazera was was going to leave. Uh, and I will I will say I called it. <laughs> um, although we don't, again, we don't have anything official, but it it looks like some of the some of it had to do with him and kirkman specifically having a bit of a difference of opinion um and, and i know they've they've cited some other things but uh it, it's kind of a shame you know i i mean i hate for somebody to leave under maybe not so ideal terms um and i don't i think some people were kind of quick to jump on kirkman and you know sometimes i think people just aren't a fit or you know maybe it just doesn't work the way um you know, way they think it's going to go, and when you have that kind of a show, or any kind of you know movie, TV show production, and it's getting—if the reports are true—that is, and the and the pro and the project is getting shut down because of disorganization or you know whatever the reason. I mean, that's that's real time and real you know real money. Uh, that's that's kind of getting flushed if you, if you can't keep you know the train running on time. So um,
2: if if that's the reason why they let him go because of the way the production was functioning, I I can understand that. But what if it's because they don't like the quality of the shows or think the shows have been in the wrong direction? That I don't understand because the last two half seasons that Mazzara has been in charge of is, have been
1: downright awesome. Yeah, I mean, and it may be that you know we're only seeing the end product, right? I mean, we don't see what goes in to get it to that point. So maybe if there are deficiencies or uh, you know, you know, things that where he started on the right track and then, and then the way, you know, the, the wheels fell off the wagon. If, you know, AMC stepped in or Kirkman stepped in or somebody stepped in to kind of write the, you know, write it back on its course, then we saw the benefit of that. You know, we didn't see what happened to get, to get it to that point. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those deals, I think, where we'll never know really the full story of what happened. Um, you know, I, I, you know, based on what I saw of, of, you know, the, again, the second half of the of season two, the the first half of season three, I it it didn't show the quality, the poor quality or lack of whatever on Mazzara's part didn't didn't shine through. Like it 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 seemed to be, you know, I think we all were in agreement that the show has been on a positive course as opposed to a negative course uh, since that that point. And
3: the official word from AMC was that the both parties. Uh, said there was a difference of opinion about where the show should go moving forward, you know, into season four. So it'd also be possible that, you know, he wanted to take the show in in some direction in terms of story that they just said we can't we can't afford or we don't think that's going to sell or we just don't think it's a good idea. You know, it's it's one of those things we'll never really know.
0: Walking Dead the musical.
3: Oh, I would so watch that. That'd be awesome. So that's enough on that news story. We're now going to move forward and talk about an article you can read at walkingdeadtv.com or hhwlod.com by our good friend Aaron North, a host of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, one of the hosts of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, the other being, of course, Abe. Uh, He is also a big Walking Dead fan. You've probably heard him on the show if you've been a long-time listener. And uh, he wrote an article titled, Five Things I Want from the Rest of This Season of The Walking Dead. And Aaron's an excellent writer. You should definitely check out his piece. We're not going to read it word for word, A, because that would be boring, and because we want you to read it. But we're going to jump off of his main points and talk about them. uh, And that should also expand on what we were talking about earlier uh, with Heather's voicemail. So, point number one. The first thing he wants to see in the rest of this season of The Walking Dead... He wants them to slow down. Now, we just kind of talked about that a little bit, but you guys want to expound on your thoughts on the pace of the season thus far.
2: Slow down. So that means he thinks the pace has been too quick. That's that's what I get from what he's saying here. I, I love it. I mean, I love the, the nonstop frenetic pace. I mean, what about you guys? You guys want it to slow down? Remember, Aaron, what it was like the second half of last season? They slowed down, or the first half of last season. It was pretty slow.
3: That doesn't mean there can't be a happy medium, though, or a happy. Are you guys three unhappy
2: quarters. with the pace? I almost feel
0: like it's Goldilocks syndrome. I feel like the first season was too slow. And I feel like this season might be a little bit too fast. I kind of, I I see Aaron's point in the piece. He he kind of is missing out on some of the characterization we got when they took their time to let the, you know, the characters talk to one another and develop as people um, in favor of a lot of action. I think that's really cool. I'm I'm all for the action-packedness of it, but I agree with Jordan. I think there could be a medium struck between the two where it's not, you know, the frenetic, frenetic pace that we've had for the first half of the third season, but it's also not the glacial pace of the first season.
1: I'm fine with the, with the pace in general. Um, you know, I think, I think we've talked about this before about concerns of it burning through the trades, you know, and I'll, I'll use the analogy to the comic cause that's kind of, I think us comic readers, that's, that's where this analogy comes from of slow down is because we're, you know, we're comparing it to, to where things are um, in the comic compared to where it is in the TV seasons. Um, I'm fine with it. I would even be fine if they were to move past the comics and we could see, um, you know, see where Kirkman could take the show without being shackled by the book. Um, I, but I do agree with Aaron, Aaron's comment. One of the things he brings up in the article is, uh, uh, you know, slowing down the character deaths that we don't have to have every season three or four or two or whatever, you know, where they, where they've either introduced a character and killed them off or it's a, at it, it the standing or, or, you know, a character that's been there from the beginning and have to kill that character off, um, to, to prove a point. And I think we've seen enough of that so far. So I'm, I'm, I'm with him there because I think, I think too, it just gets to be where, and, and this is a criticism. I think I've made a, of the comic in recent time is it, it just gets to the point where you think they're doing it just for shock value. And it, it kind of uh, diminishes, uh, you know, the impact of it, or you just, you come to expect it instead of it kind of hitting you on the head out of nowhere. Uh, So I agree that, that I would like to see that slow down a little bit. I think they, they kind of ramp that up this, this season. And I think we're at a spot. I mean, obviously the finale, they'll probably do something shocking, but, uh, but I don't think it's necessary to have it, Um, as as often as they have.
3: To paraphrase the Incredibles, when every episode is special, no one is. Right. You know, make those character deaths, make those big action episodes be something you're looking forward to and not just every single time. Agreed. The second thing Aaron wants to see in the second half of the season is to expand on the new characters. Uh, We got Michonne, we got Tyrese, the governor... Um, and a few others, and and I think I definitely agree with him on this, especially in the first half of the season. This was a problem that we we mentioned a few times. That well, going back to his first point, slowing down could have helped with. You know, we we still don't understand where in the world Michonne is coming from for the most part, and I do kind of worry going forward in the second half. Or is it going to be the same thing with Tyrese? Is he just going to show up every once in a while and do something without explaining it, and we have to debate for you know twenty minutes on? What what did he mean by that or what was he trying to do? Um, It's one thing if you don't know at the end of the episode what their motivation was and they tell you at the beginning of the next episode. It's another when you're six, seven episodes in and you still really aren't sure why in the world they're doing something.
1: I agree. I I think expanding on some of these newer characters would uh, would, I think, make the show a little more interesting, uh, keep it from being stale. I, th- I think there's a lot of interesting characters that they've they've pulled in, and you know, to get more backstory, or to get more information, or to get more focus on them, I think will be a good thing to help diversify the show a little bit. So I I, I agree at that point.
2: I think the pace of the season has interfered with their ability to to do this, taking the time to get to know these characters. I mean, I feel like we should know a lot more about Michonne than we do, you know, and we've all been waiting for certain things to happen with Michonne that we might have seen in the comic that really kind of shed light on, you know, what her deal is. But the, again, this is not the comic. It's the TV show, but yeah, I, I would agree with this point. Also, I would love to, to finally get some backstory on Michonne. I hope we don't go the rest of the season before we learn about Tyrese and what his deal is. So I'm there.
3: The third thing that Aaron wants to see this, ep- this season is more self-contained episodes. Uh, the examples he gives are 18 Miles Out and Walk With Me. And I think it would be difficult in this particular arc they're in, but I, I would like to see them as well. Maybe uh, once once they get away from Woodbury, I'm assuming they'll be away from it for an episode or two, uh, maybe they could have some other thing that comes up and distracts them. I don't need a sitcom or even a, a sit drum, if you will, but I, I just need... Those episodes that you can watch without having to see the episode before it and after it for it to make sense are, are a welcome thing in television and drama and comedy in ongoing narratives as well as, as the you know more segregated ones. It's just a good thing to have every once in a while.
1: Remember that episode of The Walking Dead when Jack had to bring those two zombies home and convince Mr. Roper that... Um, <laughs> that...
0: that he was gay for <laughs> zombies? Yes. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... I I think this is a good point. I mean, eighteen miles out is one of my favorite episodes so far. Uh, after rewatching everything, and I think, uh, like you said, Jordan, once the Woodbury cycle is kind of uh, quieted down a little bit, we could definitely. I like it when they break off and they and they concentrate on a few characters at a time. I mean, imagine how much the Dixon Vixens would love it if they had a Merle and Daryl centric episode, you know or you know, or they just um, instead of having to focus, give everybody in the ensemble uh, something to do. You know, we could have a few episodes where you're just focusing
2: on two or three at a time, and uh, I think I think that would work. Agreed. I would say uh, that if you want that, Aaron, then you should rewatch season one again because that's pretty much what all six of those episodes were. Yeah, there was a continuing story, but you could go back right now and watch any one of those six episodes and it would feel like its own self-contained little uh, story with a beginning, middle, and end.
3: That's true, but again, I I would go back to that there is a middle ground there. It doesn't have to be slow and self-contained. It can be exciting and self-contained, like, you know, the better half of 18 miles out.
2: Jordan, Uh, my world is black and white. You haven't figured that (laughs) out yet? (laughs) That's right. I forgot your half-dog. Darn
3: it. That probably came off as mean. It was not intended to
2: be. I have no idea what you're... Are you calling me a mog? Dogs no, are colorblind. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know that, actually. That's interesting. The things you learn by listening and participating in podcasts.
3: I don't know if it's actually true. It might be one of those bats are blind thing. No, b- b- bats are not blind.
2: Let me go ask Hank. Hank's my he, dog. Oh,
3: does, does he speak English? No. Oh, well, okay. Well, good luck with that. I think, uh, I forget who's, who said the idea, but an, an episode focusing on Merle and Daryl, uh, maybe as they're running through the woods or something like that, you know, them on the run could be, you know, an exciting thing that focuses mostly on them, or an episode that focuses mostly on Tyrese's group, or Glenn and Maggie, uh, or something like that, without having to give everybody the their moment to shine. And that's something we've talked about in the past when you try to give every character something to do you end up with a bunch of tea dogs who say one line here or there and are mostly inconsequential um and it can also i mean it's it's odd we've talked about in the past it was mostly in season two but where they were trying to do that and it was slowing down the pace here it seems like they've sped up the pace but some of the characters are still given short shrift and i'd like to see them more you know give me a carol and daryl episode or carol daryl and merle episode where it's just focus on their story and it still moves the plot forward, but it's just focusing on them. I don't need to see Carl every episode. Chandler Riggs is great, but I don't need to see Rick every episode, or I don't need to see every character every episode. It's it's absolutely fine to, to shake things up every once in a while. Point number four of things Aaron would like to see in the rest of this season. He would like them to make Andrea less annoying.
1: I think, personally, this one's going to take care of itself. Uh, I, I know there's been a lot of... Uh, critique on Andrea, especially with her behavior in Woodbury. Uh, I know I've talked about it on previous shows where I've, I've saw that interview with Kirkman on the talking dead and his explanations for Andrea's motivations was enough to kind of uh, pacify me. But I think, you know, based on what I'm hearing from folks involved with the second half of season three and interviews I've read, I think this is going to take care of itself. I think she's going to start to either come around and realize what's really going on, or go all in and just and just you know be a part of the Woodbury group. So uh, I I I hope and I think that that this will be uh, a non-issue come end of season season three.
2: I had such high hopes for Andrea's character when the show started. She may have been the one I was looking forward to the most to see her develop because I love her character in the book. And as we've said a million times. This isn't the book, and her character has taken quite a diversion from the book's version of her. So, you know, i do you think Robert Kirkman sleeps a full eight hours at night, or do you think he stays up at night thinking, oh crap, I forgot, am I doing the show tomorrow, or am I writing the comic? Is this supposed to happen in the next issue of the comic, or was I going to do that in the show? I think I would go nuts if I was Robert Kirkman.
1: If I had to sleep on all that money, I think my back would hurt and I wouldn't sleep very well, so. (laughs) (laughs) Point.
3: And I continue not to really be annoyed by Andrea, so I'm fine with whatever. Point number five of things Aaron would like to see this second half of the season is to utilize the prison setting. Now, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information on this one just to clarify things. Um... His first paragraph is My last thought regarding how the show can get better is in regards to one of its current main settings. The prison is one of the most iconic locations of the Walking Dead universe, but I feel like the show has barely shown it to us. We've seen some of the outside perimeter, a cold and sterile living area indoors, and lots and lots of dark hallways. There are a lot more interesting things about having a show's main cast in a prison, besides just letting them occasionally explore dark, dark hallways. I would really like to see some more exploration of the territory. Surely Rick and the gang would like to know more about the possible threats there are to living in this environment, let alone if there's a possibility of more supplies being located somewhere. How confusing was it at first glance to see Tyrese and his company enter the prison through a giant hole in some building? I know I was not the first one who thought it may have been Woodbury they were entering. Uh, And I, I kind of really agree with this. I mean, I know part of it is going to be they're limited by their sets or, or you know, if they're using a location by what parts of the location they can use but a sense of space is is really important in something like this particularly once the inevitable battle between Woodbury and the prison happens I mean it's gonna happen sooner or later and in, a, in an action packed thing like that you really need to know where you are it works when they attack woodbury when you don't really know woodbury because neither do they but when your main characters are defending a location you need to understand where things are in relation to other things otherwise the action just really falls apart and gets confusing
0: plus the prison is much more of a character in the comic than it is in the show. I mean, Aaron makes a good point in the, in the comic. I mean, the prison, the, the way that they, um, you know, they use camera angles in there or the use uh, the shadows from the bars, for instance, or the walls or whatever. It's very, a lot more than they do in the show, uh, in the comic.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. We, we talked about this too, uh, earlier in, in the season on the show that to me, the prison is just lacking the scope that the book shows. I mean, their quote unquote cell block just feels like a a, a large, you know, or, or small warehouse that they're they're filling out. And I know again, a lot of it has to do with budget, um, a lot of it just has to do with sets and locations, but that's one of the things I really miss is feeling like they're in this huge cell block with echoes and um in like like you know, like like you guys said, y it, it it was a character in and of itself and I think that, that's a, a, a big part that's missing uh of what's going on. One thing in the book, you know, Charlie Adler can draw
2: the prison uh, in a number of different ways as far as like seeing outside views of it uh, over the head like bird's eye views or or long distant wide shots set in a setting of nothing, you know, but trees. And, you know, there's only so much of that you can do on TV without having to spend more money on CG to remove, uh, you know, some telephone well, there would still be telephone wires, like moving cars and, and you know, on wide shots and, and stuff like that, stuff that you know, make buildings look dilapidated and stuff like that. So, you know, the, it's easier to, I would imagine, to draw what you want to see instead of having to take something and change it for television.
3: Well, I, I, I definitely understand and agree, but I still think it's going to be very important to have that sense of space. I mean, just for instance, their cell block that they're holed up in, where does that connect to the outside? Where does that connect to the other cell block that they had um, the prisoners in? Where does that connect to uh, the guard tower? I mean, and we have a sense of the guard tower. That seems to be really close. But just even a sense of how those main spaces connect would go a long way. And and I don't think, I'm not saying this is, oh, they're doing such a terrible job of it now. I just think it's something that they do need to do.
2: Yeah, there was no question of where you were when you were in reading uh, the book, like what part of the prison they were in. You just kind of had a mental image of how it all fit together, and you're absolutely right. It seems like whenever they're outside, there's like a new door that they're using to go inside to get to the same place. You know what I mean? It's like there must be ten different doors that all lead to their cell block from the outside (laughs) of the the, People used uh, to
3: escape from there all the time. Right. So many doors. And, and, and on the subject of the prison being a character... I would actually disagree a little bit in the sense that I think at least in the first episode where they infiltrated the prison, I really did get the feeling that it was a character. You had those great, uh, the light, you know, the the rooms being only illuminated by the light coming in through the dirty windows and great use of shadow. I think I even mentioned in the episode, I, I don't think they've done that every time they've shown the prison. But when they have done it well, it has been excellent. So those were Aaron's five things he wants to see in the second half of the season, I and I now open the floor to my esteemed co-hosts. What do you guys want to see that he didn't mention? Is there anything in particular that you do want to see, or even on the the you know the converse, what things don't you want to see in the second half of season three, whether they were actually in the first half or whether you just don't want to see them crop up, you know, out of nowhere?
2: I don't want to see any more major deaths this season. I think he had none good, at all. None at all. I think he had a good point. It seems like. Uh, not knowing when it's going to happen. Waiting. Is this the episode? No. Is this the episode? No. Is this the episode? No. When's it's it going to happen? happen? And then for it to not happen. Like, can you imagine thinking, there hasn't been a death all the rest of the season. There's Somebody's going to die in the finale of the season. And then it doesn't happen and be like, dang it, i got to wait six months. I just think it works sometimes to not give the viewer what they're expecting. And at this point, I'm expecting more deaths by the end of the season, and that's what I'm saying. Don't give it to me, don't give me what I expect. I think it'd be more effective for brad
3: and and I agree that the shows I love, you know, going back to the voicemail are the shows that don't give me what I expect that surprise me at every turn. The more The Walking Dead can do with that, the better
2: i mean aren't aren't we all expecting more death because it seems like they've been fairly generous with that as far as main characters go, haven't they?
3: Absolutely. And they've already introduced yeah. Tyrese's group now, which has, you know, three red shirts, one who's probably already dead. I can't remember if she actually had died or was just on the verge at the at the close of the first half of the season. But it seems like, oh, there's our cannon fodder, you know, in addition to a bunch of nameless Woodbury residents.
2: Jim Dietz. Yes. I want you I'm to. Be I, I know you're here. I want you to tell me who you think's going to be the, the next main character to die. And again, listeners, this is just me asking Jim who he thinks. We have no knowledge.
0: Uh, I think Andrea. I think there's there's going to be a big showdown between the Woodbury folks and the prison folks. I think Andrea's going to get caught in the crossfire. At least this version of Andrea.
2: See, that would not surprise me. That's all. That would feel expected, you know. And if that happened, I would be disappointed. Not because Andrea is not my favorite character anymore, but because I would expect something like that.
3: You want to surprise me? Kill off Rick.
2: That would shock me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah. And I I love Andrew Lincoln in the role. You want to surprise me? Kill him off. I dare you. Otherwise, there's not really any death that would shock me at this point. You gotta gotta give me some more time. Yeah, but even with that, you know, I I love Carl. It wouldn't really shock or surprise me if he died.
2: This is why I think... They need to hold off on that major death.
3: I think you're absolutely right.
2: They need to hold off. They need to let us fall in love with these characters all over again. They need to let Andrea redeem herself, become the badass that we know and love from the book. We need to really fall in love with Tyrese and his gang. We need to see, you know, we're already in love with Rick, with Daryl. Um, You know, some of us were in love with Shane, and, and then he died. That was so painful for some people to see Shane die and I I want the next time see I didn't care about Lori and seeing her die didn't bother me but seeing T-Dog die I loved the guy you know I want the next person that dies to be somebody that I care about that I want to live and if they keep serving up death like it's ice cream uh, social you know I'm not going to give a crap anymore
3: do they still have ice cream socials in Texas?
2: my parents actually went to an ice cream social a few months ago yes
3: that sounds fantastic.
2: They do. Remind the viewers again, um, of the viewers, the listeners again, where they can uh, read that article. And they should. Uh, Aaron is a very good reviewer. He doesn't do it just for us. He does it for other um, websites as well. So...
3: Yeah, you can find his article at HHWLOD.com or WalkingDeadTV.com. It's entitled Five Things I Want from the Rest of the Season of The Walking Dead. And, of course, you can listen to his awesome podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, also at HHWLOD.com or WalkingDeadTV.com. Any other things you guys would like to add that you'd like to see or not see in the second half of the season?
1: I I guess one of the things, I don't want to, want to and Aaron kind of mentions this in his article, but I, for me it kind of hits home it's it's another double edged sword right i don't want to see the show become lost and i say that meaning where we get tons of flashbacks to flesh out story i think to some degree it's interesting that we only know of characters uh you know previous lives through little things they say or little things they do um and it's kind of up to us to figure out what's what's really going on i i don't need to have that uh, Spoon fed. I think for some characters, it would be interesting to to know like how they got to that point. Like, I don't really need to see a backstory on Maggie or Herschel or at this point, I think you know Rick, Andrea, or Glenn or any of those guys. I think it might be kind of neat to see something on Michonne. Uh, maybe the Governor. Um, maybe a little bit of Merle and Daryl. Just. Uh, you know, just because they have kind of this very interesting and antagonistic relationship with each other. I think there could be some value added there to help, uh, tell the story currently, but I, I don't want to see it to where that becomes a crutch on the show to where they can, uh, you know, not have to advance the story and move things forward by relying on, you know, 20% of an episode or 30% of an episode being, uh, you know, the story that takes place before all the, you know, the world went to hell. Um,
0: I want to see them develop Tyrese's character. He's one of my favorite characters in the comics. I'm glad to see him on the you know, on the show now. Um, I, I, I know we had speculation earlier, you know, on that T Dog was supposed to be Tyrese, but he obviously wasn't. And I'm um, I'm glad to see him on the show, and I hope they're able to develop his character and keep him around a bit.
3: And on that note, I think we're walking dead it out for the week, Jim. Why don't you tell the fine folks out there how they can contact us?
0: there are a lot many uh, various ways you can get a hold of us you can get a, leave us a voicemail at 516-468-7912 uh, just like Heather did today, we'll read it on the show. We'll play it on the show more than likely, and uh, answer any questions or comments that you have about Walking Dead or about the podcast itself. You can go to walkingdeadtv.com where you can find all of our wonderful podcasts about the Walking Dead TV show, and uh, even more so, you can go to hhwlod.com com and check out our entire podcast network, including the Legion of Dude Show, Dude show that Heather talked about, uh, the Out Now with Aaron and Abe Movie Review Show we just mentioned that Aaron, our columnist, uh, runs every week, and a uh, uh, veritable plethora of other pop culture goodies uh, there for you at the HHWLOD.com network, so check that out by all means.
3: And so until there's no more room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember writers of the Walking Dead kill off Rick and make Tyrese the main character. Now that would surprise me in a very good way. Have a good week, everybody.
0: So long. Every day I be zombie shuffling.
1: Testing
2: testers, testes, Come
0: on Spectacles wallet and watch. This is, is Mark number one. This is Mark number one. Isn't this a lot of fun?
2: This is my very one. Jim, are you are you or Jordan familiar with The Lonely Island? Yeah. Yeah. Have you, do you have you heard of either of their albums? I have both of them. I like the bit where they goes, "My mic sounds nice, check one. My mic sounds nice, check 2 And they go through all these different voices. That's mm. pretty funny. And then they get to seven, and it's like a choir. It's pretty funny.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the, they had the new uh, song Yolo. That I just yeah, that sweet.
2: that was uh that was pretty unimpressive, if you ask me. That song.
0: It's not as funny as some of the other no, stuff.
1: No, it's not.
2: The mic sounds nice. Check one.
1: All right. I liked it better than Big in Japan, though. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. It's uh, on, on the, put it in the chat board.
0: Yeah, it's on our website. It's like oh, on the well, front page of it. our website.
1: There's. A well, there you have it. Shows how much I. You may I pay have heard attention.
0: of it. It's called HHWLOD.com. <laughs> it's how
1: do you spell thing. that? Yeah. It's this little thing that we have. <laughs> somebody somebody spent some time on it. I don't know. Whatever. Did we lose Jim? No, I'm here. Okay, okay. Just want to didn't want to, you know, Jordan, you.
2: you got to know one to hold them and you got to know one to fold them, brother.
0: Thank you, Brad. <laughs>